<laughs> welcome, welcome, welcome again to another episode of. There we go. Music Maker, our featured artist tonight is none other than the media mogul herself, Miss Tracy Dawn Anderson. <laughs> party over here, media party over here. <laughs> How are you, beautiful? Excited to be talking to you. <laughs> oh, honored to be here, ma'am. Oh, ma thank you. I am well. How are you? I am well. You know, uh, action-packed Monday. Action-packed. You know, and I'm glad to be here. I'm so glad to be here. I'm so excited. I'm so excited that you're also wearing your infamous red lip because you know I commented on that. Part. <laughs> <laughs> This is actually like a fuchsia, kind of a pinkish, and I'm I'm here for it. It's kind of it fun. Is. It is. I'm sorry, my wheel light is all in that. Yes, I'm here for it all. <laughs> I love a good lip, and I'm loving yours. That cute coral. Thank yes. You. Thank you. I tried to do something a little different. It's beautiful. That, that covers a multitude of sins. So here we are. <laughs> Yes. Favor, if you just joined, welcome again to Music Mondays with Terry Khan. Tag, tag, tag. Let the folks know we are here with none other than the media mogul, the legendary, the beauty, the talented Miss Tracy Dawn <laughs> in herself. Oh my God! <laughs> so happy to be here. I, I, I'm going. I'm going to say this because I'm saying this with great pride that. The Tracy Dawn slid in my DMs, right? I'm just very excited about that because I, you slid in my DMs. You're like, hey, you know, I just like to connect with other believers. And I was like, God bless you. Yeah. Nice. That's so sweet. Right? <laughs> but you kept popping up on my timeline. And I'm just like, it just intrigued me because I'm like, you're so sweet. You're, you're giving away like millions of dollars at a time, millions of gifts. Who are you? I was like, who are you? And then I saw your bio. I was like, why is she talking to me? Oh, <laughs> I don't get it. Don't tell me pin my comment. Um, but I I want to say thank you. I'm so glad um that I like got in contact with you because you are such a gem. And I'm not saying that because like you're all my life, but you are such a gem. Oh, so I want to get into it because I know the folks are like, okay, I need to see what's so amazing about this one because you see, you're you're a behind the scenes celebrity. I can't even get people have been saying this celebrity stuff. I am just a nerd, okay. <laughs> do I need to read your bio back to you? Okay, so don't do that. <laughs> let's. I always like to start at the beginning. You started your career. Um, as first of all, you're an entrepreneur, a creative visionary, an advocate, a philanthropist, a public speaker, TV and radio host, and brand influencer, and most recently a model for Jay Bowling. Yes, I stalk you. Okay. So <laughs> you are too funny. But it all started your your music started your music career, excuse me, started as a teenager. Yeah. So you have over 30 years in the business, looking like you're 32 years old yourself. And you started by working for one of the biggest selling rap artists in the world, MC Hammer. You started doing marketing. So take us back to the beginning. What is it that made you fall in love with this thing called music? Why did you choose marketing? Just take us to the beginning. Mm -hmm. um, just uh, Music has just been a major part of my life. How's my audio? My audio's okay? Yeah, I can hear you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, just it's, it's just been a major passion of mine. I knew that I wanted to do music. Uh, I think initially I wanted to sing. Okay. And, um, you know, when you're a kid, you don't really know what you want to do. Uh, and so I just knew I wanted to do something, you know. And so um, the way God ordered my steps was I started off at a record store. Okay. And so just understanding the whole retail marketing part of it. Uh, from there, I would meet all of the different, uh, the 
distribution representatives and all of the record company people uh, while I was there, you know, as a team. And um, so I would coordinate with them. They would send me product. I would make these displays, these elaborate 3D displays in the stores. Uh, and then I got promoted to work right under the district manager. And so then that afforded me to go to like certain holiday parties and stuff like that. Okay. Um, and then I had uh, heard about, you know, Hammer opening up an office here in, in the Bay Area. Uh -huh. And so me having just that fearless faith it's something about that youthful, fearless faith, you know. And I ran up on, you know, Hammer's brother, and he's like six threes or something like that. And I was just, I want to work for you, you know. And he was like, okay, uh, I'll have you talk to my office manager, you know. So uh, interviewed with them, and um, you know, they were like, okay, you know, the budget is, you know, we just signed a deal with Capital, so the budget, you know, is getting ready to. Uh, expand so right. boom you know we'll, we'll let, but, but what i did was i just kept going to the office as though i was an employee so i guess it was somewhat of of a uh internship I love you it. know yeah. for almost a year every day after my job i would just go out there and sit they allowed me to sit in meetings they allowed me to do all of that stuff and um it was one day i didn't go and that was the day of the big 89 earthquake wow and had I had gone at the time that I went, I would have been on the bottom of the Cypress. So there, you know, the Cypress Freeway in Oakland is the one that had collapsed on top of each other. Jesus. At the very time that I would have been there trying to get to, you know, to their office, I would have been on the bottom part of the Cypress Freeway. So my God. That was nothing but God. Here that you didn't go. What'd you say? I, I said out of the one year, the one day out of the year that you did not go. And I was obsessed with going because I was learning, you know. Right. But that I just, the spirit, the Holy Spirit just had me pull off the freeway. I'm like, why am I pulling off the freeway? I had no idea. And it was so baffling to me. I just pulled into a 7-Eleven parking lot just to kind of like gather myself because it didn't make sense. So I walk in there to get something to drink and the earthquake hit. The earthquake hit while I was in 7-Eleven. So that was the beginning of my music career. <laughs> that was the okay. beginning for me. Wow. And yeah. from there, just take us through your... I don't want to just read your bio. I, I want to hear it from you because this is... However you want to say it, girl. Oh, they said my, uh, my audio is crackling. I, I thought I had heard something crazy. Uh, let's see if mother can find an earpiece here. Let's see. Let's see if this will do us any good. Right, testing. Testing one, two. How are we doing? Is you it still crackling? Now? It's still kind of crackling. Maybe should I should I come off and come back? I hate to break up let's everything. Try. Sure, let's try it. Okay. Bear with us, folks. We're going to get this right. We want to make sure that our audio is on point. I should have my headphones nearby just in case, too. Do, do, do. Okay, here we go. Let's try it again. Let's see. Let's see. Microphone checker. One, two, one, two. One, two, one, two, one, two. It's still a little weird, but let's try it. I don't know why I don't hear the weirdness on my end. That's so strange. But um, okay. You guys, let us know. Are you hearing Tracy Dawn clearly? Because test, 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 test. Testing, testing. Yeah, I think we're good. Okay. Look, look they will speak up if it's not. They'll be like, "Uh, come on, sis, get it." Together. I love it. I love it. <laughs> I love it. So you, you started with Capital Records. You were the marketing guru behind him selling over 10 million records worldwide. Well, I won't say it was a team of us. Yeah. It was a team. And I and we all were we had like um, regions that we had. You know, I had the Midwest, I had the South, other people had different regions. And so um, basically we were formed because Capital, they were very new to hip hop. Okay. 
in terms of marketing hip hop. Um, I think they only had Young MC at the time, if that. And so they were like, well, what do we do with this? Now, the thing about Hammer is that he had already proven himself in the streets. He had done all the footwork for them. So he had sold like over 100,000 units independently out of his trunk. By himself. Yeah, by himself. And so when he came to Capitol, he was able to pretty much write his own ticket in terms of mm -hmm. the deal. So he really is a pioneer in terms of independent companies. He, he paved the way for the bad boys. He paved the way for the no limit, um, you know, people like that, where they can go in and say, hey, I've proven myself already in the marketplace. This is what I want. Mm. Oh, we're going yeah. to later too. Later. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And from there, you were promoted to the director of publicity. How long did that take? Um, the thing about working for a boutique label, because again, we were through Capital, but we were still operating as a boutique label. Okay. So our district, you know, our mother company, our, we were a subsidiary of, um, of Capital. So I, we were learning, you know, we were just kind of, you know, cross-pollinating, I don't know if that's the word, but we were learning all of the different areas. Yeah. And, um, and I was very eager to learn. And so... Uh, it didn't take very much time. We, you know, I'd proven myself in the retail marketing part. Right. And um, then from there, the opportunity presented itself. And so I just started doing publicity and then later promoted to um, to the head of publicity. And uh, at the same time, supporting the management arm. And at the time, they were, they were managing like Heavy B and Ralph Tresvant and Houdini and different people like that. Uh, Dougie Fresh, we just signed Dougie Fresh. And so um, that was so much fun as a young woman, you know, doing what I love. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Then you moved into, I'm, I'm guessing, I don't know if I'm labeling this correctly, you moved into the more the publishing side with uh, the Quincy Jones Music Publishing, creative manager at Quincy Jones Music yeah. And you're not a celebrity. Anyway, um, you may, I'm not. I'm just like, B. Quincy Jones, managing the catalogs of Quincy, Michael Jackson, y'all. Mm. <laughs> and so much more. Big, Will Smith, oh my gosh. She managed Quincy's Grammy Award winning music catalog, assistant. Y'all, <laughs> I thought she was about to throw that at me. So, I, so I'm really interested in how how was it being a woman in the industry trying to climb up this ladder? Mm -hmm. That's a that's a loaded question. Sure. I'm writing a book about it, um, not specifically about being a woman in the industry, but I'm just writing an autobiography. Um, but it had points of complication, you know. Um, People in that particular time frame, they they wanted you to do one thing and one thing only. You couldn't really, you know, cross into to various things. Uh, or if you were frowned upon, you were called, you know, they they'll call you anything. And so and if you if you're halfway attractive, then they will assume that, you know, you did things, you know, to get in position. Whereas my reputation was impeccable because I was pretty innocent throughout you know what I mean? Just my whole beginnings of the industry. And so I never slept with artists. I never slept with any executives. I never, you know, none of that. Could y'all give, give some clap emojis to this woman? I, <laughs> I hear so many stories, and I know it's not easy, you know, especially right. when you're in a position where you want to climb up. And they're just like, well, all you have to do is just this. Mother wasn't doing it, okay? I was I'm like, <laughs> I was like, you know, but I would say I was shielded a great deal from a lot. I did see too much, but I was shielded from a lot. And so I don't have like this bitter story, you know, but there were some things, some challenges that um, that were impactful in the beginning of my career that uh, I would say I'm probably unpacking as we speak. Wow. You know, um, in, in the area of self-esteem and, you know, the images and things that... Um, you know, that they kind of project on you. But hmm. when I first started with Quincy, I was uh, in the publicity department. Okay. And so that was fun because I was able to, so I worked for Quest Records. Okay. 
and uh, we worked the Q's Juke Joint. We worked the Tamiya Project. Um, I think the Winans, um, Tevin Campbell. It was a lot of different things. It was it was really fun. Um, and the Q's Juke Joint that was not an easy project because it was so many collaborations and so much involved. So it was it was work intensive, but very 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 educational. And then from there, an opportunity came for me to work in the music publishing. And I was very intimidated by, by, about music publishing because I didn't know anything about it. Okay. Though I had had experience in the past, didn't realize it. Um, but anyway, the opportunity presented itself and I took it. And um, there was the beginning of me working with writers and producers and being exposed to his vast catalog, you know, that was like genre free. I mean, it was like Frank Sinatra, Count Basie, Sarah Vaughn, you know, it was just like countless. And then the Brothers Johnson, and then I was, you know, assisting with clearing the samples, you know, for artists like Tupac and Biggie, yeah. um, Jodeci, you know, it was, it was so much fun. So you have, again, um, over 30 years in the business, again, yeah. 32. I know there's been, I feel like there's been so many waves that's happened since then. So what, what have you noticed that's changed in the industry? What do you like and what do you not like? Oh, wow. A lot changed, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, Napster hit, MySpace hit, and just, you know, the whole internet piece came out of nowhere and it shifted how we all do business. Right. Um, you know, it shifted, uh, the scenario for those that do independent, you know, music, mm -hmm. though I came from grassroots, you know, independent music distribution, um, you know, and then work, working in a big machine like Capitol and Warner Brothers, uh, I still had an appreciation for those that could really, you know, of course, <laughs> just of course. sling them from, from their trunk, you know. Right. So, but so it was a it was a blessing and a curse in the sense that those that were independent because I am an advocate for creators, mm -hmm. you know, you want to see people get the maximum of what they could possibly get for what they the content that they create. Yeah. Uh, so when the shift happened, obviously a lot of jobs were lost. A lot of things weren't as important. You know, um, the industry, the record companies took a major financial hit because of the digital downloading and they really didn't know how to pivot and so um i had moved back to the bay area to take care of my mom okay and so but i thought it was just going to be a pit stop and then i was coming right back uh -huh. but it was like when you look back what and where what do you go back to you know what i'm saying what do you go back to because things had changed um the old landmark in terms of being able to have a whole bunch of money to throw at a writer you know to say hey we want to do you know administer your publishing and this and that that was over because the money just wasn't as the same uh so i would say it definitely impacted the uh the way music is presented you know obviously i love it for creatives like yourself you know who are creating wonderful music and you're not pigeon held to what an a and r would say Right. You're able to just put it out there. You're, you have direct to customer access, right. and you can, you know, get all of your analytics and data on your own. Mm -hmm. And then, if you do still want to get a big machine, you know, behind you, you're able to walk in the door and demand what you want. See, and that's what that's that's what I really want to talk to you about, guys. Make sure you're tagging people, especially independent artists. Um, you mentioned something in the beginning with MC Hammer. He was able to even back then. He was yeah. able to kind of demand what he wanted because he had moved copies. Wait, no, right. selling, selling drugs. He had sold copies. <laughs> I use that language too. God help me. <laughs> so he's pushing copies. <laughs> he had sold so many copies on his own that he was able to uh, to negotiate his contract. So. Fast forward to 2020. They say it's it's the time of the indie artist. However, let's be 100%. I'm an independent artist as well. Things cost money. Oh, yeah. And lots of money. Now, quality things cost money because you, you can get Pookie down the street to mix and master for you, right? That part. But you, that part. 
But say you have, um, you want to do an album and the producer is charging you $1,200 per song. You want to do a 10 song album. Now that's not even the mixing and the mastering. And then you want to do a, 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 a music video for it. You have to pay a publicist retainer fee minimum is fifteen hundred a month. So all these things are adding up. Yeah. Even though they say it's so great to be an independent artist, then a label comes and is like, "I see what you're doing. Here's a hundred thousand dollars." Right. <laughs> um, I mean, we'll give you like ten percent, but here's a hundred thousand dollars, and we own everything. But we're giving you a hundred thousand dollars. Right. So we're what's your advice to independent artists in terms of at what point do you go to a label do you stay independent do you grab the hundred thousand dollars and make the best out of it and hope to get money from these shows even though it's COVID and there's no shows right now but <laughs> well you know again that even that model has changed in a sense that um let's say back in the 90s if you did an indie deal like like, like a masterpiece he was able to, you know, move plenty of units. And matter of fact, you know, Master P came to the Bay Area to study what it is that we did independently in the Bay Area. Wow. And then he took that model and, you know, did the whole no limit thing. So that was that, right? Yeah. Um, so you could go in again, the money was lucrative at a label and you can negotiate maybe owning your masters and, and on top of that, getting a good advance or something towards your royalties. However, Nowadays, they do what they call 360 deals. So okay. though you want that relief, you know, of having a machine behind you, having an advance, because any money that a label gives you is an advance against your royalties. So there is no free money. There is no bonus. You know what I mean? Don't believe that. It's always going. Yeah, you got to recoup it. Right. And so um, I would just say and, and there's a difference. You made a very good point in that. If someone's doing R&B or if someone is doing gospel, there's a different quality that we expect from that. Like you said, the mix is imperative. The, you know, you have to have all of those elements yeah. because your end result, right. you know, will suffer if you don't have those things. Whereas I consult different, you know, hip hop artists and they're like, they're, they're not even thinking about mixing. They're just downloading a beat. They're just dropping vocals on it. You know, the background vocals are, are crazy. Somebody singing flat, sharp, and everything above. And you're like, okay, um, I respect your hustle, but she's flat and she's sharp, and we got to go and get that mixed, you know? And so then they look at me like I'm old school because I'm saying you got to get a quality product together. Um, so there is a difference in terms of genre, you know, and the expectation of quality. You know, unless you're like a Rick Ross who has very uh, beautiful instrumental elements, you know, or Jay-Z, you know, different people have um, a very jazz, jazzy kind of a approach to, to their musical, you know, output. So did I answer your question or did I ramble? No, you're it's, not rambling at all. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's um, I, what, I, what, what I would suggest for someone who's doing independent is, um, you know, make sure you're spending your money in the right areas and don't launch too early. You don't want to hire a publicist, you know, too early in the game. Um, and a lot of this you can do on your own, you know, um, you know, just really boosting your Instagram, you know, presence and internet presence, do whatever you can. See, the thing about it is people will come to me and ask me, you know, will you manage me? Or will you, you know, consult, you know, what I'm doing? Right. And if I see that they're lazy and that they want someone else to just take the ball for them, that's really discouraging because I come from a culture of hustle. Work, baby, work. They put that work in. Work. And so then they have that same, if they have that same 90s mentality that all they have to do is just show up, you know, and do a hair flip. No, ma'am, or no, sir. You know, oh, right. you've got to do some work and you've got to be more passionate about it than I am in a lot of ways but anyway i digress so i think <laughs> i think um you have to be so passionate and relentless and or tenacious rather about what you want and really have a whole lot of faith because a lot of times it's just you know th that little mustard seed effort that you put in god if it's meant to be and you're ready and he knows that your character is ready to handle the influx of followers the influx of influence the influx of money you know what i mean 
um yeah and, and someone else and you know someone who wants to get into the music industry please learn about how you make money you know how you generate money because it's not always right on a stage or right in front of the camera or in a video you know you're going to make money come on you can make money you know as a writer you know sharpen your writing skills right and play some music on on other people um you know play some songs and some commercials and you know source music and, and, and film and television i mean there's coins out there that people are not considering yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so understand how you recoup, you know, how do you, you know, and then if you do decide to sign a deal, what does that 360 deal mean? Hmm. You know, that, that means that they're going to, you know, all the way around collect monies, wow. you know, on everything. Whereas before, you know, you would have a booking agent and that would be a separate entity or you would have, you know, your concert footage and all of that, your concert revenue, they wouldn't be able to touch or your merchandise, you know, be selling merch. Percentage of all of the income. Right, because their opportunity is now <laughs> next to slim, you know, as it pertains to um, recouping money just on the mechanical royalties. You know, because people aren't really buying, you know, enough and downloading enough, yeah. you know, legitimately paying for things, you know. I see, um, guys, I appreciate all of your comments, uh, except the woman who's criticizing my lipstick up, bless you. But um, if you have- Girl, don't you dare, don't, don't you do it. I see some valid questions, guys. Please put your questions in the comment box because we, in a few minutes, we're going to open up the floor for you guys to answer some questions. I'm seeing a lot of people are saying, thank you, Tracy, for this information. They didn't notice and they are learning. God bless you. <laughs> so yeah, if you guys have questions, please put it in the, the box with the question mark. We're gonna open up the floor in just a few minutes. Um, we talked about music publishing, and I'm, I'm kind of just trying to break things down because I told a lot of independent artists to come and learn. So what is music publishing, and why is it important for independent artists? Oh, wow. <laughs> Here's the thing about music. Well, music publishing is, is the, the, the meat of how you will make money if you are a writer. Yes, yes. Uh, what is a writer? The... Uh, you know, a writer is someone obviously who writes the lyrics and melody. Yes. Or who writes the music. Mm -hmm. And so you, those are things that you want to, you want to be diligent about, um, you know, working that out and making sure that the splits are, are you know, what they should be. Um, and, but then there's another part of that. You're, you have, you have a beautiful voice, you, you know, you love to sing and this and that, and though you may want to get a part of the publishing and but you know you're not a good writer it's okay sacrifice that and get a good writer so that you have music that people actually would want to buy and if you know you're not a good vocal producer get a vocal producer you know <laughs> but you do want to um if you can and if that is your gift you know, in terms of writing uh, lyrics and melody or writing the music, you know, just make sure that you, um, you know, that you get registered, you know, with ASCAP, BMI or CSAC or something like that, because those uh, performance right agencies will go and get the money for you. Um, if you can hold on to your publishing rights, do that, you know, and maybe just do a licensing deal. Uh, so that people can collect on your behalf, you know, so whatever you can do to retain your ownership, do that. Yeah. You know, I, that's where I am in terms of a, a creative advocate, you know, because I've seen some horror stories out there where people sell their publishing and then the song goes to sell millions of records and then there they are. Or people are like, I'm going to get this cool 150. And you're like, thank you. And then the song is blowing up. You're just like. Right. Because you didn't, you know, you didn't really do the math. And that's, you know, I appreciate kind of how Beyonce, uh, does things business-wise you know there's times where she would take a whole lot less you know, on the front end mm. for the promise of the back end you know uh percentages working in her advantage so sometimes it's not all about what you can get up front but it's really the you know how you negotiate and scale yeah. what you're able to get you know from the residual standpoint on the back end 
Tracy, what is the most an independent artist should give away in terms of publishing? What is the most percentage? Oh, God. <laughs> Gosh, I mean. <laughs> what's, or I say, okay, what's fair? What's fair? In most cases, it's a 50-50 deal. In most cases, it's a 50-50 thing. Depend, you know, if you're with a big machine yeah. um, and they are—they have the infrastructure to really uh, expose your copyright, you know, to the maximum ability. If they have people who can pitch it for films, for commercials, you know, it's not about just the advance, but what can they do to help get your song uh, in the faces, you know, of the music supervisors and different people. Um, if they don't really have that infrastructure, then you need to question why you're giving away that amount of money or that amount of, you know, percentage. And then also, you know, you may license it for a, you know, a, a certain amount of time. And then you're, you know, hopefully with after what, seven years or something like that, it'll come back to you 100%. So the licensing piece, I think, is, is something to consider more so than just ownership flat out nice. if you can negotiate yeah so that's a cool wow see i'm learning i'm writing my notes too <laughs> and there's so many books like like donald uh, the attorney donald passman he okay. has a, a phenomenal book um all you need to know about the music about industry the music business. yeah 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 so that was one of my first books that i that um my vp at the time made me read just to get a better understanding Nice. Um, but again, it's Donald Passman, uh, all you need to know about the music business. And uh, that will give you a good found foundation of, yeah. of how it works. And get the updated version of it. You know, obviously okay. things have changed now, you know, with the digital space, so. What is the, um, I'm sorry, just a few more questions. <laughs> Girl, but we here now. That's right, you. Um, what is the biggest mistake that you've seen artists make where you're just like, no, <laughs> no, why did you do that? Oh, wow. Um, yeah, well, selling away their publishing. Okay. You know, for something that seemed, you know, they were desperate at the time. Uh, and then they, they sold all of their rights. And the song went on to blow up. Mm. And I had to sit there and watch that happen for a particular song that I won't mention, you know. <laughs> and so the writer was dear to me as a friend. Um, and in my opinion, his version of it was way better than the one that was published, even though it did very, very well. And so it, it made me just, I think that was a, a, a marker for me as a creative executive to say, I never want to see someone do that again. I never want to see that happen to someone again. And so I try to go to bat for anyone that I represent, you know what I mean? Or anyone that I'm, you know, just offering advice to. Um, but that was the most, one of the most painful things. Also, you know, to see women compromise themselves, to think that you have to take the advances of, of certain men to be successful. Um, I've seen that over and over again, and that is not necessary. They're going to present that as an option, but you have a choice. Um, Unfortunately, so, some men are taking advantage. Well, you know, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm not, again, I don't want anybody to think that I'm like, you know, on some bitter Me Too movement. I'm not, you know. <laughs> She is happy and I love everybody, you know what I'm saying? But you do see scenarios, you know, in this industry. Um, so, you know, know what you want out of the industry and do the due diligence, do, do the due diligence, say that fast three times, to, um, to learn your craft, yeah. to understand what is expected of you and yeah. what is expected of the people that you're doing business with. Um, you know, people have a, a misunderstanding of what a manager is supposed to do, you know? And so get a real education and understanding so that when you get that person that's willing to invest in your career, their time and their resources, right? Um, so that you can honor that and don't act like a spoiled little kid to think that people need to be paying your rent, 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like you have to, if someone is lending their resources, contacts and things like that, those are things that, that, that money can't really buy. You know, um, I had that situation here recently where I had shared, you know, contacts of, of different industry people that, um, you know, were veterans in the industry and knew exactly how to help them lay out the blueprint of their project. Okay. They didn't understand the value of that. You know, and so they they wanted. You say what? You still got that list? Can you? The guy, you're like, girl, stop playing. What? Stop playing. So, you know, from a manager standpoint, or from a a, a um, creative executive standpoint, make sure that you have someone that is actually ready and that can handle you know uh all the demands of the industry i had to turn some people away because their character was going to not only mess them up you know they, their attitude problem their um entitlement issues uh all of those things unfortunately were resonating as they were dealing with people wow so you want me to then share my resources and you're acting like that and you know what I mean? Or you can't keep your pants up. I'm sorry. I, I, did I say that? I said it out of my mouth. I'm glad you did. Welcome to Music Money from Terry <laughs> We talked about the race. Wow. At, at what point should an artist get an entertainment lawyer? Um, I would probably start the conversation as soon as... Um, soon as you're ready to start your copywriting process, you know, if, if that's something that's really foreign to you, uh, at least start, maybe get one on retainer just so that you can have some preliminary you know, dialogue with them to make sure that all the paperwork is in place, all the musicians are listed, everything, you know, uh, that needs to be listed. And um, yeah. so maybe start entertaining that uh, as early as you can. Uh, they probably won't be negotiating or doing anything on your behalf, you know, uh, right away. But I would probably start that conversation early. At least know who you want to go through. You know, someone someone with a proven track record. Now, if they're over there doing prepaid legal, you, you know, or something, you you, <laughs> you got to make sure you got the right, you know, someone who knows a little something about entertainment, okay? <laughs> if they chasing people down in the ambulance, that, that might not be your attorney. I know. It's okay. Just, just breathe. It's okay. It might not be the person. <laughs> a legitimate lawyer. <laughs> right. Just make sure that, you know, what you had, you know, it's okay. Oh my god, I have a question that came in. Um, guys, if you have a question, just please place it in the, the box with the question mark. Um, this question is at your discretion to answer. The question is, Will you ever get married? Okay, <laughs> um, hopefully, yeah, I, I believe I will. Who said that? Child, I'm. I'm let me see who's asking me about that. Born for a purpose. Okay, born for a purpose. All in my my business. Um, but no, I'm teasing. Uh, I do. I, I believe I will get married. Okay. I believe I am a wife in waiting. Born wife. Now, I want to go a little bit to the PR side. Um, when we think about branding and packaging as an independent artist. What advice would you give to an artist when they say, okay, I'm ready? So essentially, what is the total package for an artist? Because mm. they're, they're, they're ingredients to this thing. People think, oh, I can sing. I'm an artist. Right. If there is a difference in terms of that secret sauce, I think. you know, um, They should, I think, uh, ownership of their name, you know, if they could trademark their name, uh, that would be inexpensive but good place to start nice then from there you know make sure you own obviously your um your domain name yeah um and then from there you want to make sure that your social media handle is the same on every single platform every I single platform um 29 on instagram <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> Just try to make it the same because the thing about, you know, 
this I got notifications going off right now on my phone. So it's like people get easily distracted. So if they have to think too hard about what your handle is on Twitter versus on Instagram, you're going to lose people. Yeah. You know, to another notification that's coming in. So make sure that you're, um, you know, you are consistent across the board. Um, yeah. Mm, I love it. Mm -hmm. okay so then brand um obviously you know you want to get a professional photographer if you can no cell phone pictures listen i like a selfie now you know i got i, I got an affinity for a selfie i do i love it i do um but if you are an artist and you're not just you know a nerd like me go ahead and get you a good photographer uh so that you are represented and then it's like really as an artist, you need to have fresh images at least every six, three to six months, which, yeah. You know, I've been trying to do another photo shoot and then Corona and then that week, like, mm, I don't want the world Ooh, to like this. chin, see. <laughs> That's why I haven't done that, because they get on me all the time. Girl, get, get you a photo shoot. What are you doing? You know better, you know better. You teach people this. And I'm like, well, the way this double chin is working, <laughs> but yeah so wow every three to six months you should have new images well yeah if you get a good quality photo shoot for the year you know try to get as many looks as you can yeah um now for women you know if we you know one minute we got a certain little wig next minute we got braids next minute we got you know what i mean our natural whatever um and we are entitled to do that right but we want to we want to be consistent okay yes we want to, if, if we have a brand new look and we are like, oh, this is my new judge, go ahead and maybe take some new pics, you know, to, to, to amplify that as well. Love um, it. A little bit more pressure for women because we, uh, we change stuff with our, with the, you know, blow of the wind is like, <laughs> we switch up. I feel like today, new week. Right. You know what I'm saying? Wow. Let me see. Okay, this is an interesting question. What's the most exciting point in your career? What was the most exciting point in your career? I think I have yet to see that point. Ooh. Now, one of the things that, that was really fun for me, I guess, when I f just first started working for Quincy, um, I was in his uh, sheet music room. Okay. And I had to go in there for something, right, pertaining to a copyright. So I'm going through the cabinet, and I'm like, this is signed by Michael Jackson. Okay. And you know what I mean? And so I'm like going through this. I'm like, I'm really up in this thing. They let me in here. Like <laughs> fly on the wall. And so that was like that was explosive for me. You know, just to, yeah. to think what an honor to even be exposed to his catalog and let alone, you know, um, a trusted member of the team. And so that was, I think, uh, uh pivotal for me. Um, meeting Ray Charles. Uh, was interesting, you know, before this is way before the movie. Yeah. And um, so he had, uh, Quincy introduced him to me. He was in the office. I think it was like an office party or something. And so he grabbed my hand, but then he was, you know, grabbing my wrist. And so I'm looking like, I'm looking at Quincy like, what? why is he grabbing my wrist? What's happening right now? And so they just started laughing. And Quincy was like, she's all right, man. She's all right. And so I didn't, I still didn't know what that meant until I saw the movie. Wow. Oh my God. When I saw Ray Charles' movie, I was like, oh, he was trying to see if I was a good looking woman or not. You started. He was just trying to see what was the good one You know, no pun intended. But um, yeah, yeah, that was very, I've had some very random moments like that that I cherish. And it was before cell phones, so I couldn't get no selfie. You know? Right, right. So it's just up in here in my memory, and it'll be in my book. Okay, I can't wait to read it. What you have you always been a woman of faith? Because you really project that, which is another thing that I absolutely adore about you. You were serious about your Jesus, honey. Okay, you yeah. were serious about it. Have you always been a woman of faith? And if you have, what has been the hardest part of keeping your Christianity in a cold, cold industry world? Like, have you noticed know, right. different worlds? How do you think that? 
Listen, I've always believed in Jesus. I think since, you know, just since I can remember my earliest memory, but in terms of me being a disciple, a a disciplined follower, that happened while I was working for Quincy. Um, Yeah, God was like pulling at me and pulling at me and I was trying to pull back and pull back and pull it at me. Right. And so I went ahead. I was like, okay, I'm going to go on and walk, you know, the plank and go down here and get my life to the Lord, you know, and then that's where the journey really, really began. Um, And I think that's when I, I think I had a heightened spiritual, you know, awareness of what environment I was in. Um, And uh, that's just where my learning journey began. So I think I always had a, a good basic moral compass, you know, okay. of what I wanted to do, what I didn't want to do. I was not perfect, you know what I mean? If it was an open bar, oh, I was over there, you know what I mean? Um, wow. So there were certain things that, you know, I experienced as a young woman um, that, I, you know, that I don't do anymore. Um, but God, it was, a, it was a beautiful pursuit. Wow. It was a beautiful pursuit because I think if God just like really just slammed me with my purpose and my calling, uh-huh. I'd have been like, nah, bro. <laughs> I just want to be the female Russell Simmons. I'm good. You know, praise the Lord and everything, but I'm good. And so he had to just kind of sneak it, you know, just kind of just slip it up in there. And right. um, in which I am so glad that I answered the call. Um, and I'm so glad that he he's not a boring God that I can be creative. You know, uh, I, I know that I'm called to the marketplace. I'm called to media. When you know that you're calling, you know, that your calling is sure is like, you just have this new level of confidence, yes. you know, and yes. it's still to some church people. They, they think, Oh, she is whole backslidden. You know, what is she doing? Girl, get to the altar. <laughs> you over there with friends with the rapper scale? No, that ain't all. That ain't all. Right, right. So, but I am delivered from Jesus um, Man and that that and church folk and all of that. Um, you know, I have to stay in the face of God. You know, there's no way you can navigate this industry and not have a solid relationship with the Lord no uh, because it will consume you. I've seen people get consumed in pursuit of their creative endeavors and um that's a that might be a whole other discussion you know (laughs) but yeah you gotta you gotta be grounded i think faith is is a key thing you know to to sustaining yourself your core you know so that all that that this industry offers does not consume you because it it offers a lot that's good. You know, so you have to you have to protect yourself and maintain your personal relationship. You know, with God. That's that's been my thing. But I will say, no, every not everyone was excited about it, oh, and wow. even I was hesitant because it's like you don't want to come off preachy and this and that because that's not sexy, right? And that's not really the conversation most people want to have. They want to have a you know whatever. They don't want to feel that conviction when they when you come around, you right. know. And so I deal with that a little bit, where it's like. You know, I'm super cool. I have jokes and the whole nine, you know. Uh, but people still feel that conviction sometimes when they either come on my live or come in my presence. Um, and so I battled with that. Right. No, I'm joking. I'm not. You say what? So that's the Holy Spirit. They better get right. Well, you know, that's between them and the Lord. You know what I'm saying? But I, I no longer apologize Good. for the presence on my life, you know, and the, the, the who lives in me. I don't apologize for that. I am very compassionate, loving. Yes, you are. Um, understanding. You know, I know everybody has a journey, and so you're not going to see me shaking my finger at, at anyone because right. there's there's other fingers pointing at me. You know what I'm saying? And and I'm always humbled and reminded that um, it's a daily walk. You know, we got to kill this flesh daily, daily. child. Daily. Daily. Every day. So. So I'm more busy trying to keep myself and my mouth and my, my mind in order before I can judge anybody else. But right, right, you right. know, it's it's not easy. It's not easy because it's not a popular choice. Right. But I think I was born for this, and so I don't even have a choice. So it's like I just 
it is what it is, you know. But um, I think I have a different type of a grace for those that are in the music industry and hip hop industry. I think that's why for such a time as this that he is putting me back into a position of uh, having access to certain things, you know, um, because I have a different level of compassion and understanding for that. Whereas someone who just grew up and, you know, in the church and have never been exposed to anything and don't have that the yeah. dynamic history, yeah. they may not have the same level of discernment or right. compassion. Um, so I know that I'm in a very unique position, you know, and, and you know, you're saying that it's a beautiful position to be in too, because as you mentioned, like um, growing up in the church and just being in that one, you can be tunnel bubble. Right. Absolutely. And then everything is like, everything else is like, <laughs> but absolutely it's a beautiful thing to be able to be in that world while maintaining who you are in Christ. And that's, what's going to win over people. Like, oh, she's mm. down to earth. She's not judging me. She loves me no matter what. And she's telling me love what I may need. To, I may need to come over to that side. That's a lot more accepted than the. <laughs> yeah, because if somebody shook their finger at me right now, because it's, it's like church leaders that are shaking their finger at me like, you, you, what you doing? You know what I mean? All up on the Instagrams. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you need to be having your nose in your Bible instead of up on Instagram. I but catch you. I know that I don't when I get off Instagram. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, I, I, it's a unique position. Working and talking heresy, you are fine. Okay. <laughs> Listen, they're going to judge me anyway. I don't care if I'm teaching Bible study, child. They're going to judge me anyway. You're teaching Bible study with that pig lip? Oh, girl, I, I had my old pastor's uh, mother one time. We were at a dinner and I had on my hoops like I live in a hoop. Yeah. And she's she just it was like she it was like that ding, ding, ding. You know, she had announcements to make at the table. And so I didn't know what she was like. You know, the Lord can deliver you from wearing those big old earrings and and stuff. And I just leaned back in my chair. I said, oh. <laughs> I'm like, girl, I'm going to wear these hoops now. You know, if you can't catch this Jesus um, with these hoops, I just ain't the person for you. This is what turns people off. That's why I feel like you're in a better position to, to catch some folks than, than like her in her category. Why? Right, right. Yeah. You know, <laughs> so I just, you know, but, you know, she's an elder, right? So I just, you know, nodded. Yes, praise the Lord. Come on. But I had, I, but I just, you know, pulled my, my hair back like, girl, but I still got these hoops on. Still I still down. Love Jesus. <laughs> All that. All that. I'm just, I'm going to ask one more of these questions. <laughs> Somebody commented, girl, Ray was checking for you. I could just hear them. Girl, Ray was checking for you. Who was? Ray. Remember we were talking about Ray Charles? Oh, look, he was just trying to see, see you know, make, make a deal. What a deal, baby. Checking for he you, was girl. just trying to see. Uh, asking how long have you known D-Nice? Oh, wow. Well, I met D-Nice um, 30 years ago. We were at a music convention, and uh, I was working for Hammer at the time. Okay. And so we were both very young. We had probably about 19 okay. or something like that, and he had just dropped. They called me D-Nice, and I met uh, he and Tony Rassan, his manager at the time. And... Um, uh, Derek and I, we did not keep in touch. Uh, we did on, on Facebook and Instagram and stuff like that, but you know, we hadn't been talking. But Tony and I were more in touch, and so then COVID hit. You know, I would say, well, right a couple of years before COVID, you know, I was having a dialogue with Derek about just his documentaries because his documentaries are, are like off the chain. I need to check. So I was like, yeah, oh man, his photography skills and, and uh, cinematography skills are, are amazing. And so I, I was inboxing him on Facebook. I'm like, dude, wow. we need more of this. You know what I mean? So we were just having this dialogue or whatever. We didn't further that conversation. And then just, you know, two, three years later, we're here. And um, and who knew? So it's like, you just never know, you know, we, we, we count things as chance meetings and, right. um, you know, but God knows what he's doing, you know. Um, he has an amazing, you know, 
collection of people around him, you know, that, that have walked that whole journey with him. And so I honor those people. Um, and so, but God, you know, has allowed this moment, yeah. you know, for me to just fan his flame, you know, as God is just positioning him. And, uh, and as a result, I've met so many amazing people within Club Quarantine that are on here right now. So yep. it's amazing. I tell you, it's so amazing. I love it when he goes live and I'm at the gym. I'm like, come on, D, come on, help okay. me. <laughs> help us, sister.com, because we are here. Right? He's great. He's amazing. Wonderful human being. Very loving, very compassionate. He's awesome. The, his creativity is like genius. You know, people have yet to really understand the depth of it. Um, and that's just me speaking, you know, in terms of what I see him doing, just from his graphics to his photography to him being a like 14 year old, you know, producing Boogie Down Productions. I'm like, <laughs> the songs that he sampled, how did you even have access to those songs? I just have, you know, um, and he's a very giving, very gracious person. And so, if there's a highlight to 2020 and, you know, all of this, first off, I give glory to God for, you know, our, my health and strength and the health and strength of my family, you know, during this time of COVID. But a running second definitely is having been in, in his world during this whole thing. Wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. So this is the third time this uh, question has come up, which makes sense. So we're going to pivot to... So what are you doing now? What's Plus Life Media? Everyone's asking, when is this book coming out? Yes, yes. I'm writing the book as we speak. Um, you know, the process isn't a usual thing because I believe God is writing the book through me. Mm. And so, and there's healing happening. You know what I mean? Once I get to a certain pain point, I'm like, oh, Jesus, you know what I mean? So I'm sitting in my computer crying and just all just with ugly face, you know? So it's a process for me because it's not just a, because I, I pushed the concept of writing this book away because I'm like, don't I, number one, I feel hawky trying to write a book about me. You know, who cares? I'm not, you know. And so I really battled with that until God had to send uh, 99 confirmations to say, yeah, hello, I told you to write the book. Well, And so I believe people, when they read the book, they will laugh. They may cry. They may be, they will be inspired um, of just God's pursuit of me as I pursued platinum, he pursued me. And so um, I think it's going to be something that I'm hoping will inspire young women that want to work in the creative space that, um, that, you know, may have some obstacles while trying to do that. Um, so it's a, it's, a, it's a lesson in, in grace. It's a lesson in, in mercy. Mm. It's a lesson in um, once you know that you're marked by God for purpose, a lot of the pain points that you experience are not in vain. Ooh. They're not. It, it wasn't like God just uh, turned a blind eye. Mm. A lot of it had to do with the fact that you have that target on your back because you are called for a greater purpose. Say a You need an offering. What's your cash app? Because you <laughs> preaching all kinds of ways tonight. This wow. Um, I'm so grateful wow. to meet wonderful, phenomenal women like yourself. Oh. I feel like it's it's not by accident that we are all meeting and um, that we're experiencing each other, you know. Um there may be someone that is very discouraged in, in where they are right now. Come on. And you may have hit this wall of frustration because your normal has shifted and you don't know how to, how to get back up. You know what I mean? You don't know how to restart. Mm. Sometimes God will use a, a, a situation. He could use a D nice to say, Hey, you remember you, how much you love music? Yes. You know, because the, the, your life, and journey will rock you to the point where you'll put down what you love the most. And I had done that because my mother had passed away in 2013. Now, again, I moved from LA back home, you know, to help her. Yeah. And um, I don't regret that decision. Right. But 
in that in that journey, God was pursuing me, and so my desires had been put on hold. Mm-hmm. So sometimes it takes you to sit down, you know, to sit down and reevaluate and say, okay, let me get back to my why. So if there's anybody that that is trying to figure out how to get back to your why, don't fight this still place. Don't don't fight this time of quarantine. Sit down. Seek his face because he will remind you of your why. And then you'll get that hope. Because, you know, hope deferred, you know, leaves the heart sick. And so get back to your why because that will fuel your hope. And then that will fuel your plan. And then that will fuel the strategy. That will fuel what it is that you are called to do. That you got to get back to your why. And so that's where I am. And as a result, it's like, okay, you got your why. Now the strategy is updating your level of excellence. So now he's giving me a glimpse of where he's taking me in terms of Plush Life Media. Somebody asked me about Plush Life Media. Plush Life Media initially was Plush Life Events. And so I was doing events, you know, and this and that. And then I uh, was diagnosed with lupus. And so one of the last events that I had done, I was sitting on the side of the stage like, Jesus, overwhelmed, like, I can't do this no more. You know, so I I said, well, let me pivot. You know, uh, I'll do an event when I want to do an event. Okay. Um, But I don't want to be running around doing events for other people. But anyway. Okay. um, So I shifted to the media part. I kept filling this pool that he was calling me to media, um, to, you know, to multimedia, whether it's music you know, film, uh-huh. digital offerings and stuff like that. So I changed the name of my company and, and the purpose of my company. And so my goal is to to produce content, whether it's a podcast or syndicated radio. I'm speaking that into existence. Come on, um, speak it. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, films, documentaries, television show offerings, things like that. Hopefully that will do just what we're doing right now, which is encourage, you know, um, our generation and, and, and uh, the generations um, after us to pursue their dreams. You know, there's classes and master classes and things that, that you know, my, my organization is going to offer. Um, and so I'm, yeah, that's. <laughs> you were such a gift to the kingdom. I'm so grateful. You were such a gift. Praise God. <laughs> And it's so crazy. I had like a few more questions to ask, and I was like, "Okay, I don't want to just overwhelm her with questions." And child, I'm here, child. No, but in the last five minutes, you answered everything. (laughs) What you were saying, I was like, (laughs) "Wow, that's awesome!" Oh, Tracy Dawn Anderson, ladies and gentlemen, put your hearts up for Tracy Dawn. That's the new clap. Put your hearts up. Oh wow! Wow! I, I didn't ramble too much. I'm still learning how to do this part, you know. Whereas I've been behind the scenes as someone's publicist or right. someone's publisher and this and that, and so I I was okay with being behind the scenes. But now he's kind of like pushed me out front, you know. And the first time he pushed me out front was doing the TV show. It's a TV show that we do here locally um, in San Francisco. Normally, would come on Coffee TV. And we would normally be in a regular production setup, but you know, obviously because of COVID, we've been doing it online. Okay. And so every Tuesday on Facebook, we've been doing that, uh, which we talk, we, you know, we talk about music and stuff like that. Now, that's not my production; that is, I'm, I'm just a, a co-host, um, you know, for for their production. Okay. But um, but at under Plush Life Media, I am helping him with the online presentation of it. So that's been kind of fun. But. Um, so that was my introduction to the whole, you know, being on the camera thing. Right. So I'm just trying to brace myself for where he's taking me now. <laughs> we are all here for it. Everyone on, I don't know if you are, are reading the chat, but everyone is saying, thank you. You're amazing. The hearts are going up. You have dropped so many gems tonight. And I just, I'm, thank you. Thank you so much for honoring my request to have you on Music Mondays with Terry Cox. 
thank you. So where can they find your music? You know, we might have to do a part two where we're learning more about your music yes, offerings. Richard, uh, or me, did, she just, did I become the interviewee? <laughs> I won't do that. Okay, I'm learning etiquette. I'm learning interview etiquette. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just follow me, guys. Just follow me at Terry Khan Music. Hit the link tree. Everything is there. Spotify, Apple. Um, check out. I would just appreciate you guys tune in every Monday for Music Management with Terry Khan because uh, a lot of people are saying that they learned so much. You know, and I want to educate the folks because I've spent a lot of money on mistakes, okay? Listen. <laughs> so, you and me both. <laughs> so you and me both. This has been so awesome, Tracy. Um, I'm just going to be hitting up your DM every day to say hello. Oh, <laughs> listen. And if anybody needs to get in touch with me, you can go to my website, plushlifemedia.com. Yeah. Uh, if you just want to, you know, cut to the chase and email me, you can go to info at plushlifemedia.com. And, you know, I could sit here in, in front like it's a whole staff, but it's me. I'll answer the email. Okay. So it's That's okay. <laughs> So can independent artists also contact you for your service? They can. Okay, good. Yeah, they can They can definitely contact me. I'm actually going to be teaching some classes and things like that for those who just kind of, you know, maybe in three different tiers, you know, for, okay. for beginners, you know, for people who are established and for those that really want to, you know, scale their, their whole brand up to the next level. Um, we're going to be doing some, some really, really cool classes. Um, not only for music, but obviously PR um, and branding, um, so you know, important. and just, I keep getting a, an influx of people who are starting businesses. So those that, that are starting businesses, I definitely want to share resources with you. So go to my website. I mean, I think people like with the onset of uh, Corona, yeah. people are like, all right, well, clearly my nine to five cannot be my end all and be all. And it's really a time um, that people are letting their creative juices flow. You know, this yeah. is really the time. So we're grateful for people like you that are educating us. You know, the, you are the experts educating us. So thank you. You're very welcome. <sighs> Guys, thank you again for tuning into Music Mondays with Terry Khan, where our featured guest was the one, the only, the lovely, the talented, the beautiful me media mogul herself, Tracy Dawn Anderson. Follow her. Come on. Follow her. She has a lot of information. She's genuinely nice, guys. She doesn't even have to because she's so like beautiful and experienced. You can be like like haughty, but you're not. God bless you for that. So follow her. Talk to her. Get educated. Meet me back here Monday at 7 p.m. guys for Music Mondays with Terry Khan. Thank you. God bless. God bless. God bless you too. Tune in to Afro Praise Inspiration tomorrow morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time at WESR Radio. Afro Praise Inspiration with Terry Khan. Love it, love it. Afro beat, baby. Yes, I'm All here right. for it. All right, sweetheart. Thank <laughs> you night, so much. Baby. Thank you again. Good night, so everyone. Welcome.